What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and Riverhounds keeper Kyle Morton. Together, we're going to talk about Kyle's injury, plans for 2019, and the newly announced USL Players Union, and lots more. Let's go! Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is not a crazy sequence of events we've seen in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Up to the middle, back to Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. And, you know, congrats on having your option picked up. That's that's pretty big, right? Yeah, it's uh, it a little relief. Uh, I'm glad I'm coming back to Pittsburgh, and I'm happy coming back to a great organization. So I'm excited for, for 2019. It's one of those things that, you know, we'll talk about the, the whole players' union thing here in a minute, but I... I try to always put myself in sort of your place or as a player's position where there's a lot of one-year deals or one year with an option. And I can't imagine that that's easy as you sort of get towards the end of the season, you start thinking about, you know, okay, where am I going to be next year? Am I going to be here? Might I be somewhere else? Do I need to start packing? What's it like for you, you know, as a player going into the off season, not really knowing what's going to happen? How do you sort of deal with that? Is that just something part of the game that you just roll with or What's it like for you? Uh, I, it's definitely tough because, you know, uh, like you never know where you're going to be next year. You could be hopping around city to city every year and you kind of want a little bit of uh, security on where you're going to be next year. But it's funny. Uh, you can kind of like sense it like middle of the season. People are kind of like, oh, like I wonder what's going to happen for next year. Um, and you, you start to hear a little bit of rumbling and stuff like that. But. I think everybody handles it differently. Personally, I just kind of go with the flow, um, especially this past year with my injury. I'm just like, well, I can't really do much to help myself. So kind of just put it in the hands of Bob and um, and you just kind of just let it go, you know. And uh, thankfully they, they picked it up because it's going to be tough for me to, to find a place coming off of an ACL injury. So with the the league recognizing the USL Players Union, um, you're kind of the first first uh, first player we've had a chance to talk to since it's happened. I just was curious, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, as a player, I think it's awesome. Um, the league has grown so much in the last half decade that I think maybe uh, people saw it coming. I'm not sure if everybody wanted it to happen, but um, we we had some uh, I, we heard of some rumblings as players about maybe something was going to be happening in the off season uh, last year. But um, yeah, I think it's really good. I think it, it kind of all got kickstarted with the, the Cincinnati and the Tommy Heineman thing with, with his contract dispute. And I think it just showed that maybe we just need a little bit of um, some help just because he kind of had to, him and his agent were kind of fighting against the, uh, the FC Cincinnati. And I think it's tough as a player, um, maybe if you're not financially able to, to represent yourself and, um, I think it's just. I think it's great for the league. It's, I think it just shows how how the, the league has grown um, as a whole. Is is, is is excuse me? Is there any discussions about sort of what kind of protection you guys are potentially fighting for? I shouldn't say protection, but just what sort of things might be coming along with the union, or is that just is it too early for any of those sorts of things yet for you guys? Um, I think it's a. Little, I think it's too early. We haven't really uh, like gotten any information i saw like a press release or some i forget what i saw but 
they said that before the, the start of next season, they want to negotiate like a minimum player salary. Cool. Um, I know, I know as a, as a player, I've heard of some rumors of some teams uh, having people on pay to play um, where if you're not playing, then you're not going to get paid. And I actually know that there's a couple guys um, in the league that actually are free players where they're not getting paid. And that's really tough, especially when um, for a lot of guys, this is their goal is to be playing professional soccer. And then, when you get here, when you're not when you're not getting paid, and you have to find a second job, or you have to do coaching at night. It's it's a little bit stressful. Um, so so you, you've already not to change gears here too much, but you've already talked a little bit about your your injury. Um, can you maybe mm-hmm. just talk to us a bit more what actually happened? I mean, we've kind of dug through, you know, press releases and articles and all that kind of stuff, and it was hard to get any more details other than a you know quote unquote lower body injury. I mean, you, what you you mentioned it kind of already. It was, ACL injury? Yeah, it was an ACL injury. Uh, it happened against Indy 11. Um, I think it's May like 12th or something. Um, but yeah, was, I was just coming out of the box, kind of a little sweeper keeper, um, trying to be aggressive. And I think it was uh, McInerney, and I could see him about to take a touch to my right, and I almost over-anticipated it and knew where he was going before my body could stop. So when I was in midair, I kind of tried to cut which obviously that's how my knee kind of, not to get too gruesome, but when it caved in a little bit, and as soon as it as soon as it happened, and they waved it for offside, it was like, well, thankfully, didn't result in a goal, my mistake. But I could feel the knee straight away. I mean, I had no pain, thankfully, but I, I looked over right to uh, Tim Smith, the trainer, and Ron Klingen Smith, uh, the physical therapist, and I like, they could tell, they knew right away, and I knew right away, and, and Tim came out and was like look, we have no subs. And I was like, look, I, I know I have to play the next 10 minutes. Um, but luckily nothing came from it. Um, Jeez. And uh, it's one of those things, you know, where it, it, injuries happen in sports and, and you just got to roll with it. Was it was it a, a, a tear or like a complete tear or a strain or a... Yeah, so um, it was actually funny because I, was, I had no pain and no swelling for the next two days until I got my MRI. Uh, I think it was that Monday. And uh, so I was, like, really hopeful, like, telling the guys, like, I look, I feel pretty good, like, um, and stuff. But it's funny looking back. I, I talked to the doctor that did the surgery. He was also there, uh, Dr. Akavam. And he said that uh, when I was on the training table afterwards, they all knew it was torn, but they had to, like, keep my spirits up. <laughs> and uh, they were like, oh, we're not, we're not too sure, you know. Um, but I, uh, deep down, I knew there was something wrong. I was just hoping that it wasn't, a, it was a full tear. Um, the whole thing pretty much, uh, it was like a rope where two people pulled on the rope and it just kind of exploded in the middle. Um, but thankfully there was no pain or anything associated with it until after the surgery. So, but well, and so, yeah. I was going to say, so how, how is the rehab coming? Are, are you feeling better now going into, well, not going into preseason just yet, but coming up? Yeah. Um, so they have me still in Pittsburgh rehab and, um, I do it, I think, well, at the beginning, the first four or five months, I was with uh, with um, Ron up at his clinic and down at the stadium about six days a week for two to three hours a day. So it was, it was really intense. And uh, I've never thrown up in a workout, but he's maybe come close a couple of <laughs> times. Um, and it's just, it's been really tough. But, I mean, it's it's all good fun when we're up there. And he it's good because he's, he's a great guy, so he's made it easier on my head. Um, just keep going and, and just trust the process. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm really close now. I'm probably about 97, 98% there. 
and within the next two months I should be I'm, I'm going to be 100 um, percent I'm training with Hunter two three times a week now and I'm with Ron the other days of the week still lifting and still getting my body ready friggin Jack McInerney man we've talked about him before <laughs> I know right <laughs> uh. Uh, I, I watched him growing up too in the union, so I was like, "Oh, I was excited to play with him." <laughs> He's the one who kind of caused it, you know. Uh, Bloody so we've we've talked with other current and former hounds about what it's like to have to watch from the sidelines, and obviously you didn't have a choice being injured. But I remember mm-hmm. talking to Rob Vincent about how difficult it was when he spent a year injured for DC United. How did you cope with not being on the field? Because I mean, were you still going to the stadium and I mean doing your rehab there? What was it like just not being able to play? Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the, you have the physical battle of not being able to walk and not being able to run for a couple months. Um, but I think the big thing is actually the mental, the mental battle of an injury, especially an injury of this magnitude where um, it can change players' careers. And um, as soon as I found out the MRI results, I was like, look, things happen. And I kept my spirits high. Um, I think I only had, there was one week that I can remember where I was, I was, I was in a low place. Um, but it's one of those things where you just have to grind and have that positive uh, mentality. And I, I always told myself um, that maybe this is a good thing. Maybe, well, not a good thing, but maybe it's something where it's going to teach you a lesson or um, you're going to be coming back stronger. Your body's going to be a little bit more healthy when you get back. The ACL actually, when it's fully healed, is actually uh, 120% stronger than the original one. So um, that's always a good sign, and that helps the the mental aspect. But yeah, like it, it's tough. It's really tough watching and watching the guys win. You want to be a part of it, but you're really not. And um, when they lose, like you don't get too down because you didn't play, but you want to keep the other guys' spirits high. And I think that one of the toughest things is um, on game days. I would always have to go in around four o'clock when when the guys aren't there yet and get my workout in with Ron and. Um, I would always get this sick to my sick to my stomach feeling of oh, like another day not playing, and it was just one of those things where you have to grind through it and and put on that happy face and just and kind of just grind and um, enjoy the entire process. Was there ever a moment where you thought like maybe this is it, I'm done, or did you just was or was it always just I'm coming back, I'm fighting back? Yeah, honestly, I I never had even when in that one week where I was really struggling mentally just because it was a, like I was doing the same thing for two months. I I honestly have never thought like my career is over. Nice. Um, even even when I found out, like it really it's it's a blessing. Honestly, it's a blessing from God that uh, Mark Polisic and Dan Visser both tore their ACL when they were playing. Um, so I and I my locker mate was uh, Ben Zemanski, and he he had a uh, ACL injury as well. So I was kind of had a little support staff and kind of bounced questions off them. And um, it was good because they were able to talk to me and kind of have a reference point of where I was at mentally and physically. And um, yeah, I mean, not even them, the whole team kind of, uh, they still allowed me to like be a part of the team and I was still able to go out with the guys. And um, it, was, it was pretty awesome, honestly. Yeah. You kind of seem to be cursed with uh, injuries, especially to uh, keepers. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, the surface is sometimes blamed for that kind of stuff, but we were told that a new turf was coming in. How much does that affect your uh, play, the the new turf coming into you? And have you heard anything about it, have any information about it? Um, I just know that they're looking for dates. Um, I know I know they are definitely going to get it. Um, I just don't know when. I'm sure it's going to be before preseason. 
Um, but I mean, you guys can see it when the ball's being played, when when it's dry summer night, and the guys are trying to play, and the ball bounces everywhere. We actually prefer when it's raining out because we can move the ball a little bit better. But in, in my position, um, nothing really changes too much besides when the the ball is packed pass back to you it probably bobbles a little bit where you have to be a little bit more safe but um it's like any other surface you get used to it and you can use 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 it to your advantage as long as you uh keep it in a positive mindset i mean you're doing a lot of diving and falling and just watching it from you know the sideline is it is it worse on turf or is it you know the same as on grass or does it just depend uh you could probably get good turf that it probably doesn't feel too bad, but there's nothing like grass. Like I remember the, I think it was the first day we had outside in preseason and there's still some snow and ice on the field. And, um, and we were doing like, I don't know, some finishing activity and afterwards my hips, the next day, my hips were destroyed. So I went out to Dick sporting goods that afternoon, right after practice and bought like a football girdle mm-hmm. and all the guys made fun of me, but it was like a, uh, <laughs> not like a strong one, but like a, something that went up just over the hip so you wouldn't really feel it and uh i honestly i still train in it today i, I can't get out of it until the turf changes so you know prior to the injury you played three games and you had three shutouts so you were literally the perfect keeper so there's no pressure heading into 2019 right <laughs> yeah but you got to remember i only had one save so it was really the guy that's, funny to that's, that's what it is um, well, <laughs> we're, we're, we're presuming you've talked to Lily. Um, has he set any mm-hmm. kind of goals for you in 2019, or is that something that you maybe put on yourself, or do you just kind of take it game by game? Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't talk to Bob about goals. I think he, I, he's not a, a big guy where he communicates with, like, what are your goals for the season? I think he just wants to win. So I think that's the only goal that we should really have. But um, I, like, train with Hunter, and I talk to him a bunch. Um, I have some goals. Um, they're not really statistical goals. It's just kind of improving um, on where I am now and and through the season, um, being consistent, being a leader, um, and just prove, improving my weaknesses. And honestly, like as long as you do those th- those things, then the statistics are going to speak for themselves. So uh, with training in the off season, is it the same as you would train during the uh, season? And are you guys training as a team or is it more like individual training, like just with you and Hunter and that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's just an individual. I think just about everybody has gone home. Um, that's been resigned. They're all back home now. So it's, I think it's Kenny and me in the apartments at the moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's just me and Hunter out there and brave in the cold and the, and the snow um, for an hour, but it's just kind of getting everything we're still not even in preseason yet, so it's kind of just getting everything cleaned up and um, and kind of making stepping stones into the into the new season. Are, be honest, are you excited for the preseason? Or are you kind of dreading it with someone like Lily at the helm? Oh, <laughs> no, you have no idea. You have no idea how excited I am. Sitting out all year, like I uh, my first training session back was two weeks before the first playoff game, where I I didn't even train. I only did finishing. But I was jumping off the walls and, and really enjoying it. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you just get used to Bob and his coaching style, and um, you just have to kind of not, not zone him out, but um, just kind of take what he says and then don't take it personally and then just improve on what he wants. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm counting down the days. I think we're just about, what, just under eight weeks now? Yeah. Um, 
So we're we're getting pretty close. So I'm I'm really excited. Uh, oh, and so in last season, before you had the injury, it, it might have looked like mm-hmm. uh, you and Dan might have had maybe equal competition with some keeper rotation. Uh, who knows if that actually would have been the case? But I guess speaking about competition as a goalkeeper, um, it, it's it's a unique position on the field, right? I mean, because whereas maybe mm-hmm. competition in other parts of the field can can kind of push you on to do better and, and to keep your place and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've, I've heard conversations from goalkeepers in the past where if you feel like you're one mistake away from being benched the next game, maybe you're not as aggressive coming out or willing to, like, you know, make the punch on the corner or whatever. So I guess as a mm-hmm. keeper, if you can maybe just talk a little bit about what competition kind of means for you, you know, is it is it something that you enjoy and you like and you think makes you a better keeper? Or do you think it's something that, you know, maybe kind of puts too much pressure on things and maybe, you know, might make you... Uh, you know, unconsciously, like less aggressive or, or things like that? Um, personally, I love it. Um, I'm one of those kids where I've had to grind everywhere that I've been to to kind of be, become the number one, um, even in college and even back in high school ball and, and summer ball. Um, I know most keepers probably would say they want to have every single game and kind of be that solidified starter. Um, I probably would say the same thing before I started playing with Bob, but um, last year and then the beginning of this year, I've kind of taken the fact that you're not going to play every game and kind of use that to be like, I want to get to that point. And maybe you, I know we go like 2-1 with me and Dan at the beginning of the year, but that kind of was just like that motivation, like, come on, like I want I want more games. It, it kind of became like a drug where you get addicted to playing and um, and, and trying to win. And I, you could see it in training sessions with, with not even just the keepers, but all the guys, the fact that Bob rotates and you never know when your next chance is going to be. So um, you, you always have to be prepared. And I think that's really important because if you're, if you're a number two goalkeeper and you have a number one goalkeeper, that's pretty solidified. Maybe you take a couple sessions off because you're not going to play anyway. But with Bob, it's different and he, he rotates and it's a really good challenge uh, mentally as well. And um, I, I think it, it, I think people reap benefits from it, um, not even not just with Bob, but after all along the career, and they use the experience um, just to become better players and better pros that come in every day and go to work and give 100% every time. So I imagine one of the most, uh, I don't know, anxiety-inducing or pressure moments for a keeper is a shootout uh, like we had at the end of this mm-hmm. uh, season. So uh, for you, how do you keep, you know, calm and collecting those moments. And like, is that the most pressure you have as a goalkeeper is a shootout? I imagine it has to be. I think the most pressure is, uh, any, any day you step on the field with Bob Lilly. (laughs) 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 That's another another thing. Um, but in regards to penalties, uh, I, I think it's one of those things. I don't, I don't say I don't really feel pressure. I think you can look at it two ways and you can say, look, it's, it's a win-win. Like, if you if you don't save any and and you guys win and you're still a hero and even if you lose and there's nobody's gonna blame you right it's it's so tough to save a penalty so I kind of go into it and um, I just think let's get one and and just go for it you know I say a quick prayer before the uh, before the shootout and then I just kind of black out and let the instincts kind of kick in and um, yeah it's I I find it a lot of fun I know. My brother's a goalkeeper as well, and he he loves it as well. It's just I think it depends on the type of person and uh, and and the way that it, <clears throat> excuse me the way that they look at it. 
So, so in the moment, in, in, in shootouts, do you have like a set kind of regimen that, that you'll go through? Like, do you, like, will you kind of pick your side before, before the, the player even runs up or are you kind of waiting to set, kind of read the body language at any last moment? Uh, like, does it differ from player to player? How, how do you, how do you approach shootouts? Um, it, it really depends. Um, it, so if you have like a scouting report and you've seen, and you've seen his, like their team take penalties before, like different penalty takers during the regular season. And then you kind of have a reference point of where they usually like to go and where they miss. Um, I also find that just playing against players and kind of understanding what their skills are, if they like to bend the ball, if they like to pound the ball, um, it can kind of give you a little bit of clues on to where they go. And even what position I find center backs don't really like to pass it or curl it. They just like to pound it as hard as they can. So you kind of know where, they, where they're going to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. There's, there's a lot of different cues that go on in a split second that you're not really thinking about until afterwards. But um, like I'll give one example is a stutter penalty. So when they kind of stutter and then re-go, you I have to hate that. that. <laughs> I actually like it because it's ha- more than I honestly think more than 75% of the time they're going to pull it, whatever. So if they're right-footed, they're going to go to my right. And I, 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 so every penalty shootout, I kind of study it while we're watching it. Um, and, and more often than not, that's just one of the things that I've picked up. But every goalie has their cues. And um, at the end of the day, it, the only thing that matters is you save the ball. It doesn't matter if you, you get the cues right. So it's just one of those things. Yeah, I got to tell as as a fan, when I see obviously an opposition player just like chip it down the middle, I infuriates mm-hmm. me. I hate that more than anything, <laughs> especially when yeah. it goes in. But if it, you know, if it's if it's our player and goes in, you know, whatever. But so uh, yeah, w- um, when when defending a, a corner or a penalty kick on on the Steel Army side, on the supporter side, with all the screaming fans behind mm-hmm. you, would you prefer that they were? like screaming and making a lot of noise or that they are quiet? What's better for you as a keeper? I, I like when they yell. Um, you already have everything kind of organized and practice and stuff so people know where to be. So it doesn't make it, it really doesn't make a difference if it's quiet. Um, everybody kind of knows responsibilities. But yeah, I like when they get rowdy back there and uh, and uh, maybe maybe it'll spook the opposing players, but obviously we're, we're used to it by now, you know. Um, but yeah, even for penalties, like, I can't really hear. I kind of go into like a little blackout mode where you're just kind of focused in. And I think that even happens on a corner. Everything kind of just shuts down and you, you pay attention to the ball. But yeah, I love it. Keep being rowdy. It's awesome. <laughs> well, we do have a train horn now, so I'm joking. <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> so do you have any big plans for the offseason, traveling or anything like that? Nah, I'm I'm stuck in Pittsburgh for a while. I gotta I gotta apologize for my my raspy voice. My my voice isn't usually this deep, but the Flyers were in town on Saturday night, and I had to had to support the boys after a big win against the Penguins. So, <laughs> and I went to the Steelers game, so I was yelling a little bit as well. So. Well, this has been a great interval, well, Kyle. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but you know, now that now that you're here, uh, yeah, I was gonna say now that you're here, you know, is there mm-hmm. is there anything that you've found that you like doing in Pittsburgh when you know you have some free time? Obviously, you mentioned going to the Pens and the Steelers. Any restaurants? Anything like mm-hmm. that? Uh, favorite restaurant. I actually, I'm a big, big believer in Pramani's. I know that's kind of like a classic Pittsburgh thing. I actually really enjoy it. Um, favorite probably restaurant. Uh, I really like, um, what is that? 
something on 7th Street. It's like an Asian cuisine place on 7th. Like Social House 7, I think it is. Mm. That's kind of my go-to. Uh, if I got friends in town or, or a date or something, it's going there for the good food. That's the only one I can think of that I really enjoy. No, that's fair. And and we asked, you know, a lot of the fans about, you know, hey, we said you're coming on, send us questions. A lot of people were like, we need to know him on a personal level. Like, what's his favorite restaurant? I'm like, there's other <laughs> things other than restaurant. <laughs> so, 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 okay, you know, just say that you have a day off. What do you, what do you find yourself doing? Um, if Bob says, hey, we're supposed oh. to have practice, but we have a day off, which we know like never happens. But if that happens, what's your go-to? <laughs> go-to. Uh it depends on what, what, what season we're in as well. If it's cold, I'm staying inside. Yeah. If we're in preseason, I'm staying inside. If during the summer, I like going down to that uh, the state, what is it, the state point park or whatever, yeah. point state park. Yep. I forget what they call it. I love going down there. Um, I try to catch a, if, if any sports team's playing, I try, we went down to the Pirates game one off day and um, just kind of anything to keep your mind off soccer. It's kind of a grind for nine months. So anything kind of just to change the, uh, change the grind of it and um do something yeah i'm trying to think yeah as work out play video games hang out go out to eat we go out to eat together all the time um just kind of explore the city as well i mean i i know the city pretty well but at the beginning i was lost um but over time you get used to it yeah you have you have a lot of roads that just smash into each other because they run parallel to the river <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I, I don't know say, who designed it, but I need to be sorry. <laughs> so um, we know that you have uh, have practice tonight. So one more thing before we get you out of here. We typically like to do a quick rapid fire with uh, with the guests, okay. where it's basically we give you the choice yeah. or a, of A or B. So basically we'll just throw something okay. out there and like gut reaction. And, uh, and you know, yeah. since we sort of turned the corner a little bit here on Thanksgiving and we're, we're everybody's – getting trees and decorating and stuff for Christmas. Uh, I figured we maybe we'll do a holiday edition here. Does that sound good to you? Love it. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So here we go. Ready? Um, gingerbread or candy canes? Candy canes. Eggnog. Yes or no? No. <laughs> Physical presence or experiences? Ooh. Experiences. Ugly sweater or no ugly sweater? Ugly sweater. Ugly. Fake tree or real tree? Real tree. Uh, multicolored lights or white lights? Ooh, white light. And the ultimate, if you could get Bob Lilly the perfect Christmas gift, what would it be? <laughs> A championship. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> um kyle this was fantastic man um like i said i know you have practice tonight and you cut some time out to to talk to us so really really appreciate it um everybody go follow kyle on twitter at kyle morton 24 man um have a great off season have a great holiday hopefully we'll talk to you again next year and uh yeah thanks again man best of luck with the rehab and and preseason and all of that we're we're all definitely pulling for you thanks guys appreciate it appreciate you guys having me on i had a lot of fun and uh hopefully I have a really good 2019 season absolutely man good luck thanks so kyle was a lot of fun yeah that was great yeah it was really good um so we touched we talked a little bit about the players union and this was something that was announced uh since our last recording 
Um, as Kyle mentioned, there isn't a ton of news out there other than the fact that a players union has been formed. But I know, you know, when I first saw this news, I was kind of blown away because it was something that I always hoped would happen. But I never really, I shouldn't say I never, but I didn't have high expectations that it would happen. Josh, what was your sort of gut reaction to seeing the news when it came out earlier this week or last week? Yeah, it's still just kind of blown away about how fast things are moving forward for USL. Just thinking about how far we've come from 13 teams, like just five years ago, six years ago, to, to what it is now. And the fact that, you know, we're, we're now D2 and now we have a players union formed. And it's just, it's going in the right direction. And it's definitely, it, there's probably going to be hiccups, you know. I mean, the, I can't wait for our first, you know, player strike. I'm sure it will happen eventually. <laughs> like everyone has. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but it, it needs to, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the growing pains of a professional league, and it has to happen. There has to be some, you know, lines made in the sand from both parties and figuring out where we stand and just how we can go forward. So I'm glad the players have a voice on their side now as far as, far as this goes. And like Kyle was saying in the interview, like there was players playing for free, essentially play to play. And that guy's like, that's not cool. Like we're supposed to be D2. We should be better than that. So I'm glad to see this happen. And I'm just hoping, you know, we can move forward. And something the USL said that really kind of uh, uh, the USL front office uh, mentioned that they have a lot of former players in their front office and that they look forward to this. And, and that gives me hope that we won't have a strike or anything like that, that they'll be able to come up with reasonable terms uh, and just talk it out. So I'm excited. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what those terms are as they get closer to the season. Kev, did you have any sort of additional thoughts when you saw this come out? Yeah, no, I think anytime you create um, a larger realistic opportunity for young athletes in America to to aspire to have a career in soccer i think that's good for the sport i think it's only going to grow the sport and it gives you more um yeah i mean it just gives you a larger talent pool and if we're talking about growing soccer in america this is an important step you need to make uh you know careers in the sport more realistic and more viable and and more open to everyone so yeah i think this uh, this is a step in that direction so yeah this is i would say a, a very positive thing yeah so obviously more to come on this but you know the overall reaction seemed to be very positive um and we did get some feedback from you know some of the players who are involved in bgn and they all seem to be pretty positive about it as well so definitely good stuff um it's it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on because there's obviously a lots of positives for the players um but there are times like josh said where you could have strikes or you know that some of the owners might see this as a difficulty where not to side with the owners, but you know, there, if there starts to be a minimum cap for the players, which there should be, that could put some teams in financial straits, but you know, that's why we have league one and league two and all of that. So you're going to see some things shake out because of this. And I think ultimately it's going to be positive. So, um, you know, kudos to the players for getting this. And, and I think Josh, I think you said, it. I think this is going to be a huge win for the league as a whole. Um, even though it may just seem like a, a win for the players right now. So really, really good stuff. Um, guys, today it was announced that the, <clears throat> the Hounds have sold uh, Francois's rights to Ottawa for an undisclosed amount of money. Now, they had announced they picked up his option, and we were all like, well, you know, it seemed like on social media and stuff that he was sort of leaning towards, like he, it was looking like he wasn't going to return. 
And then even after they announced it, there wasn't any sort of like, great to be back in Pittsburgh. And then literally today, there's a picture of him signing with Ottawa. Like we, we sold his rights to Ottawa and Ottawa signed him right away. Kev, what's, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this, on, on Cheetah leaving to go to Ottawa? I mean, surprise, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was, it's kind of been a roller coaster because, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, as you just said, I think I was mentally prepared at the end of the season for him to leave. And then when the club picked up his option, I, I thought that was reasonable. I thought that was a res- relatively smart thing to do. He was one of our kind of most efficient attacking players last season. Um, so that, I thought it made sense. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was shocked to, to see it happen. And I don't know. I mean, the conspiracy theories can kind of begin, right? I mean, I, I think if there was if there was hard evidence behind the rumors of him potentially leaving. I mean, this could have been a really smart piece of business by the club. If, if there was rumors that Otto was already sniffing around and maybe Francois was on, you know, the line of whether or not his, his, uh, his contract was going to be picked up, you know, by picking up the contract, you end up getting some money for him and Ottawa has to pay up rather than getting him on, on a free, which obviously helps the club. So, yeah, I mean, who knows what actually happened. Um, but at the same time, I think the way, you know, we've talked to Tuffy in the past, we've talked to Lily in the past. I don't, I, I, I think if Lily went to Tuffy and said, no, I need Francois for 2019, I think Francois would still be here. I, I'm, I'm not convinced this was something where, you know, there was nothing we can do and, and, and Francois was on his way out. So, in that respect, I feel a little like, okay, fine, um, you know, we, we can deal with this. The club feels like they can deal with this. Lily feels like he can deal with this. So I, I feel a little better in that. But yeah, I was still surprised. And I mean, this is something where, at least in my recent memory, I don't recall the team making a business move like this, where you retain somebody's option and then you turn around and sell them. Josh, you followed this team longer than we have. I mean, does this sound familiar at all? Have we, have <laughs> no. we been this savvy before? No, that's that's another thing about, you know, the, this little league's growing up and this team's growing up. It's one of those things where I feel like in the past we, we've just let the options go or you know, kind of just gentleman's agreement with the player maybe like, hey, yeah, uh, you're not happy here. Or if it was happier, just, you know, we can't use you here. So, so forth and so on. Uh, but, yeah, this shows some business savvy, I hope. And I think it's a good sign that we're getting – money for a player who's a great player and i i would have been ecstatic i was ecstatic when we signed him back because i really liked francois um so it's a little bit you know melancholy for seeing him go but at the same time seeing the team actually getting money for a player and being able to make that signing or make that sale is pretty awesome because it shows a maturity for this club um that we actually get to see that happen now. Uh, I'm I'm glad that it is happening. I'm just sad to see Francois go. Yeah, and John Krasinski on Twitter uh, hinted at the fact that this may not be the last option being sold. We're not going to sit here and play games of who we think the next person may be because that just leads down a road that we don't want to go down. But um, it, so I guess it's just something else to keep an eye out for. Yeah, uh, Matt Polanski on Twitter said it best. He, he was like, I think I'm not going to tell my kids who signed and not signed until this 
the preseason until the season starts. <laughs> I don't want to get their hopes up. So keep that in mind. Don't get your hopes up. We've announced player signings and so forth and so on. But maybe just hold your horses before you think we know what team we're going to end up with. Yeah. Lots of lots of changes. And I, I mean, honestly, I was a bit surprised. The Hounds also announced this week that they signed defender Ryan James from Nashville, which... After sort of seeing the interview that Lily did with Pittsburgh Soccer Now, it sounded like he was going to hang back and wait and sort of see what shook out, do some um, you know tryouts, get people in here to compete for positions. Ryan James is somebody that has played for Lily in the past, and so he's a known quantity to Lily. He's listed as a defender, but he played pretty much everywhere on the defense and midfield for, la- for Nashville last year. Um, Justin reached out to our friends from Speedway Soccer, uh, which is the Nashville podcast, to get their thoughts. And, you know, some of the feedback that we got was that Ryan James is very two-footed, very versatile. He played as a left back, right back, center back, left mid, right mid, defensive mid, and a (laughs) bit of attacking mid for Nashville last year. He works hard, is good defensively, pretty quiet going forward there. That seemed to be the the general consensus is that he's really good, but didn't, at least for for the guys on the pod, they thought that he didn't really contribute enough offensively for them to feel too heartbroken that he was gone but you know from sort of hearing what they had to say about him he sounds almost like another tommy v that you could potentially have on the field that's not a bad thing right kev i mean no i think it's great i mean and yeah if you look at his minutes played it's high which means like yeah coaches trust him um lily trust him so yeah no i i thought the same thing when when i read up on him yeah he seemed like a von Kiesel light um player uh so yeah, I mean, I think it'll be good. It'll give us more options with substitutions and all that kind of stuff if we're able to move them around the pitch and kind of bring on bring on someone that we actually need and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I think it's a great signing. Josh, are you are you good with it? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, it is uh, kind of a thing of note that it's another player that has history with Bob Lilly coming into the team. Um, it seems to be you know a. Uh, uh, a trend with Lily that he's uh, kind of going back to the well with the players that he has uh, experience with. But then again, maybe that's just because Bob Lily has experience with a lot of players because he's been around the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a, uh, a, a crutch of his or anything like that. Uh, the other thing is the fact that he is so versatile. Having another Tommy V type uh, player in the back could be really good, and especially for subs, but also just under Lily, sometimes these players who were at, like, Nashville, for example, that maybe they're going to have a different playing style, or, or Bob's going to be able to get them to produce differently than what they have been in other clubs. So I wouldn't doubt if this player is going to end up being more of a contributing factor to the team, especially for him to kind of break his his stance and his usual you know, waiting till the end of the season, uh, off season to sign players. If he's signing this guy so early, that could be a good sign. Yeah, we saw how Lily likes to play games with lineups um, to screw with people. And I think having a versatile player like Tommy V, we saw him moved all over the field where the first few games he was playing sort of a, a mid attacking mid. And then we went to Cincy and I think we played him at center back. And I think everyone was like, wait, what? And I think, you know, and I just, Having multiple players that can play that way can really screw with an opposing coach's head in terms of how you game plan for the team because you just don't know where they're going to show up, which is great. 
one player who won't be joining the Hounds, Kevin, and everybody tweeted at us to, to let us know, is Kyle Becker, who you were pulling for on the last episode. He went to the I Canadian know. League, which we also talked about on the last episode. So, uh, yeah. Thanks to everybody yeah, for the shout about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, would have been nice. <laughs> but... Uh... Had to go to. I don't. I don't know where I'm going with this. Let's move on to the next topic. Well, that's it. There aren't any other topics. I guess you know that's that's really all we had for this one. Um, it was great having Kyle on. Obviously, like I said, make sure that you go follow him on Twitter. I think it's at Kyle Morton twenty four. Obviously, like we said, best of luck with the rehab and all of that. Um, we are all definitely pulling for you. Uh, great things in store here for 2019. Guys, I guess, was there anything else that we didn't talk about this week that happened between the last episode and this? It feels like there was so much that happened both in the USL and with the Hounds and just everything else. There's a lot going on. So, you guys good? I got nothing. <laughs> awesome. Well, then I guess that's it. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. If you're looking for more great USL news, head over to uslnews.com and check out all the great articles and podcasts that are there and part of the BGN family. You can follow us on Twitter at Mongols and at WoMongols. Email us at mongols at bgn.fm. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this show. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.